Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's up, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Geek Buddies. <gasps> hey! Hey! And in this episode, in case you skipped the title, we are going to be reviewing episode three of Loki season two. This is a spoiler review. Spoiler review. So if you have not watched the episode, turn this off right now. Keep it paused and then go and watch the episode and come back, pick up right where you left off, because we're going to break this whole thing down for you all. But uh, let's introduce ourselves first. I am the outlaw John Roker, writer, producer, and host here on The Geek Buddies. I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm a television actor and an animation writer, where you can see some of our current work every weekend on YouTube with the third season of Strawberry Shortcake, Barry in the Big City. And the big one uh, that's out now, right? Uh, Bog? Ooh, you almost get it every time. It's Bog. Strawberry Shortcake and the Beast of Berry Bog, uh, Bog, your Halloween treat currently airing on Netflix, followed up by Strawberry Shortcake's uh, Perfect Holiday coming in November. There you go. Uh, watch out for that stuff. No variants needed for that. That's actual authentic stuff. All right, let's get into this. Loki episode four. So much to talk about in this one. It's called 1893 because a majority of the action of this episode happens in 1893. This is one of those old-timey episodes, and I imagine Shannon McClone's going to have a lot to say about the timing on this one and all oh, the God. interesting... <laughs> As soon as the opening music started, I was like, well, Shannon's in. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It was great. They've been changing the opening logo music and style of the Marvel logo for every one of these episodes. And I like the way they did on this one as well. But this one basically focuses, focuses on Victor Timely. Jonathan Majors here for all the, you know, obviously the drama offset and everything like that. We do have a very prominent Jonathan Majors in this episode as Victor Timely. We have discussions about the variants of TVA. Uh, Renslayer is in here, Miss Minutes and her jealousy, which is really something new to throw into the mix here to talk about. And also Sylvie coming in as well. And the back and forth that go on here throughout all of this uh, episode here. I'm going to break it all down for you. Let's start off first, though. Uh, Mike, your overall thoughts on this episode here as we hit episode three in Loki season two. Uh, look, I mean, this is one of those episodes that uh, I, I, my one, I'll give you my one critique and it's a minor yep. critique before I tell you what I like. The one minor critique is I feel like we lose Loki a little bit in this mm. episode. There's so many other things going on. We're catching up with Renslayer. We got a whole lot of missed minutes. We've got the big return of uh, of A Kang, a variant of He Who, he who Remains, or He Who Remains. We'll get into that in a minute. Sure. But uh, So a lot going on, and Loki got a little bit lost in the shuffle, but still a lot of really good stuff from Tom Hiddleston. And overall, I thought this episode was a ton of fun. I think it... Definitely without a, 
without a hundred percent answering or confirming a lot of things through yeah. a lot of more information into the Kang story in a really fun way. And definitely is leaning into the, uh, Ouroboros sort of theme of the season with the way that we see the, uh, the beginnings of Kang. So yeah. I think that there was a lot of really, really cool stuff in here. Um, I almost wish we didn't get the end credit sequence that we got in quantum mania because, mm. you know, we knew that we were kind of expecting this. And I think had we not gotten it, the reveal of Victor Timely would have been even more exciting and interesting. But yeah. all that being said, uh, I thought a lot of fun, a lot to talk about. I have a lot of theories, thoughts, and questions for you two <laughs> about what we saw and what people meant with certain things and where we're going. So I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, and this was directed by Kazra Farahani, who also uh, was uh, contributed to the teleplay of this particular episode. And Kazra Farahani is a really interesting character, or uh, cat rather, a lot of things worked in the costume department, has been an art director on a number of projects, has been a pr production designer on a number of projects, only directed five things. This is one of the five here. Eric Martin, Jason O'Leary were the other people who wrote on this episode. Shannon, your thoughts overall on this particular episode here um, at the midway point of Loki season two? I mean, from a conceptual stage, like this is absolutely... <laughs> Uh, checking off every box that I have. Um, as soon as the music started with their their take on the uh, on the Marvel theme, I was like, "Oh well, I well I love this." Um, <laughs> I do think there are like I I liked a lot of the stuff that we got from Jonathan Majors and about Victor Timely. Um, I, I really enjoyed that, and I think on a second watch, you really kind of you're, you're able to get a better peek inside inside his character i do agree that loki got a little lost and i think there was opportunity mm. to do stuff um to do stuff with loki in this talking about you know uh who who we're supposed to be versus who we choose choose to be mm. um things like that uh and, and i do think in terms of the action because again action is very secondary to this series um i think there was an opportunity to amp it up just a tad um because for the most part i really really enjoyed everything and the design of victor timely the design of miss minutes uh the you know steamboat willie version of miss minutes <laughs> i just really really enjoyed it and uh you know knowing what this episode was going to be it didn't it didn't reach 10 for me but it got to a good solid seven and a half Ooh. Yeah, I thought you were at least gonna say eight, but ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, like I mean the ragtime. I mean the ragtime logo theme alone. Yeah, yeah, right. Half a point. Kazra Farhani was also the production designer for this episode. So fascinating stuff here. How much he was involved in the creation of this episode. I, 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 I think I'm leaning towards you, Shannon. When I first watched these, because I got the first uh, four episodes as screeners initially. I felt this was the weakest of the episodes of the first four. And then when I saw it again, it was nice to kind of lay back and enjoy the episode for what it was. But in the end, it still isn't as strong as the first two. So I probably tend to agree with you around seven, seven and a half for me. It was a little unsatisfying in certain moments. And I'll point those out for me personally as we go along talking about the episode. But the production design, the look and the feel, um, you know, there's a lot of shows that do time period episodes and don't really kind of, how can I say this, engross you in the time, really kind of make it feel like you're actually in there. And it felt that way all the way throughout this episode. And I really enjoyed that. We only went to the TVA like 
a couple of times in this episode. So it was very focused on making that come to life, especially when we get to the World's Fair sequences, which I thought were incredible to see for sure for a number of reasons uh, when we get into it. But yeah, Loki got a little bit lost. The Renslayer not reacting at all to seeing them, I thought was odd. But the Miss Minute stuff really steals the episode for me. This idea that this AI entity could assume human emotions like jealousy and that scene when she becomes or tries to become a a, a girl a woman for him using that uh, uh, dummy's body is really unsettling so those kind of things kind of help to elevate the episode for me uh, overall so but we're going to get into it we're going to break it on down here and we're going to there's going to be three sections we're just going to break it on down that way and have discussions about it also uh, let's get into it uh, we start out in Chicago in 1868. Ravona Renslayer is meeting up with Ms. Minutes. She tells Renslayer to drop a package through the window to a who we, who we don't know yet is a young Kang. Uh, says when Kang is in charge again, they will, well, how you say, with he who remains is in charge again, they will both be by his side. We discover the young kid in there. He's working on some kind of experiments. The package comes through the window. He opens it up. It's the TVA guidebook. Dun, dun, dun. Back at the TVA, Obi says the branches, docks pruned are coming back, which is straining the temporal lobe. Again, it needs to be expanded. They know that Miss Minutes can override the systems, but uh, she's AWOL, so Loki and Mobius go after her because, of course, we saw last time that Renslayer and uh, Miss Minutes had a communication. That's what Casey found, so they use that as a location point. Mobius and Loki end up in Chicago 1868, but then realize that there's another time in 1893 where they think they might be there. So they go to 1893, and it's the Chicago World's Fair. They go to a number of places, hit upon an early version of the Grauman's Chinese Theater, get some Cracker Jack and what have you. They also come upon statues of Thor, Odin, and Balder the Brave. And in Norse <laughs> mythology, Balder the Brave was the brother of Thor and son of Odin. They kind of co-opted that for Loki, but there is a Balder the Brave in the in the Marvel comics. So is this a hint at it? We don't know. Loki has a funny response about why they include Balder. No one's even heard of him. They come up on a sign for Victor Timely's show, and they head there. Renslayer is there with Miss Minutes in a bag. And then we see Jonathan Majors, Victor Timely, doing a presentation on time. It's Temporal Loom, which is based on electricity and chaos into order. Victor wants to use his invention to light a planet, not just a city. He turns his invention on, which gets a huge round of applause. Mobius wants to get him back to the TVA. Renslayer confronts Timely, but then a bunch of robber baron caricatures straight out of a, a, a Shannon McClung script come up and try to <laughs> bid for Victor Timely's thing. He ends up selling it for $1,000. Victor pays off the guy who had been driving the price up, posing as a robber baron, and then Loki evaporates a tall-ass dude who was mad uh, that he had stepped on his toe. So let's stop there because they take off after that, after Victor Timely. Uh, Michael, opening uh, here, opening scenes here, both in 1868, 1893, a little bit of the TVA as well. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was all, uh, it. you know, when we last left uh, Ravona Renslayer, you know, she like, let Miss Minutes was like, I'm going to take you to meet somebody important. She took off, told Mobius she's looking for free will, and she left. So like, even though a lot has happened in the first couple episodes of Loki, we're really just picking up her storyline from the end of season one. Um, Shannon called it last week. Uh, the TVA yes. guidebook is the uh, is the sports almanac of the MCU, <laughs> apparently. Um, so yeah, like kind of taking that. And this is uh, what I like about this is thematically, there's a lot of things that happen in this episode that tie into the idea of the Ouroboros. Mm. Uh, not just Kihi Kwan's character, but the idea of things that just kind of go in this loop. And this is what we're seeing that 
Kang, he who remains set up the origin of, of, of Kang in general, yeah. or he who remains specifically, we'll get into that in a little bit. But, um, so the idea that this guidebook is the beginning of Kang, like this is what happened. So her delivering that and seeing this young kid pick up this TVA guidebook, really important and interesting stuff. You know, then we kind of cut back to the TVA, we kind of see everything that's going on. Everything is, you know, we're, just catching up with what the threat is that we sort of mitigated the threat a little bit last mm. week, but we still got to do stuff. And then we get into the fun of the time travel uh, adventure. I think that one thing that I thought was interesting is when Loki and Mobius show up in 18, is it 63? The first one, 1868. Yeah. 1868. Uh, when Loki turns to Mobius and asks if anybody important has come from this era <laughs> and Mobius is like, no, they're literally standing in front of the window that Ravona yeah. threw the TVA guidebook in, which I thought was just a nice, like, did anybody come from this era? No, no, I don't think so. Nobody important. And like, yeah, this is the beginning of Kang. So I thought that was interesting. The world's fair is just a ton of fun. Um, one thing, that I think is important to notice is that when Ravona shows up yeah. in 1868, she's on the sacred timeline. Like, so that's the oh, official, this right, is the sacred right. timeline. This is, this is the safe, like the, the timeline that existed from all of Marvel's phase ones, two, and three. And this is what the TVA was designed to protect. Right. But when we get to 1893, um, they are on a, uh, what are you, not a variant timeline. A yeah. branch timeline. Thank you. Yeah, a branch yeah. timeline, which means that giving, I'm assuming, giving the TVA guidebook is what created the branched timeline that creates mm. this Victor Timely character. So I think as we're looking at things being pruned and not being pruned and what's the sacred timeline and what's, a, what's not the sacred timeline, that's all really important. Mm. Um, I do think this beginning part of the World's Fair was a lot of fun. Like, Mobius and Loki just have great chemistry. They, they're like, they, they really do have a great bromance. So any scene with the two of them is great. And I really did like uh, the scene with the statues of Thor, Odin, and Balder. A, because, yeah, if you're just an MCU fan, you don't know who Balder is. Um, which I think was like a fun wink and a nod. But also, I just like, you know, that moment where Mobius is like, I always forget that you're one of these guys. That's crazy. <laughs> and he walks away and you have that moment where Loki is looking at them and you do sort of remember that as much as this Loki has gone on this whole journey with the TVA and has become a, become a very different person, a lot of his core issues, uh, his brother issues, his father yeah. issues, his family issues, those are still there for him. And it's it was I, I wonder if that was just a nice, fun, like wink moment to where Loki's come from, hmm. or if that was a moment that was like, oh, this is stuff that's going to become important in Loki's journey down the road. Uh, yeah. I hope it's the latter because I think that's interesting stuff to mine. Sure. Um, how far did we get? Did we just? Oh, uh, we got all, all the way to where they escape out of the Victor Timely's presentation to go right. after him in the car. In the so, room. look, I don't know what's going to go on with Jonathan Majors. I don't yeah. know if he's a horrible person, a not horrible person. I don't know what's going on in real life, but I do know he's a fucking good actor. <laughs> um, and watching this scene, you're like, you know, it, it, it really is just kind of, it's a shame that there's all these things in real life that have sort of um, yeah. overshadowed his abilities as an actor. Because when you watch this, you know, you compare his performance at the end of season one of Loki as he who remains his performance in quantum mania as Kang, which most people agree is the best part of that movie. Yep. And then this whole opening with him as Victor timely, um, mm -hmm. he's fucking great. And the ability that he has to play all of these different variants in very different ways, it was really, really fun. And seeing him do this whole thing with the early version of the temporal loom up on stage, 
uh, and then the reveal that he's sort of conning everybody. Like it was really, really good. Uh, as I said at the beginning, I kind of wish we hadn't seen it in the post-credit sequence in Quantumania. Mm. And also on the Tom Hiddleston side of things, his abject fear and Mobius being like, this is the guy you're afraid of. Like it was really affecting. Like it really did help you sort of sell this threat. Um, and I thought it was just a really, really interesting way to, even though we, um, and again, in the Ouroboros way, we sort of first met Kang in the MCU at the end of his journey yep. of He Who Remains, and now here we are, but this is kind of the beginnings of Kang. And so seeing him in this moment and having this sort of reveal of him as a con man, I think is going to be very important uh, to remember as we go through all the way through uh, Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars is that the origins of Kang is a liar and a huckster yeah. and a con man. Yeah, yeah. Got a little bit of the Joker telling different stories about how he became the Joker in the Dark Knight. Shannon, your thoughts on these opening scenes here with Victor Timely? We get a fun little Easter egg as well. If you look at the sign, Frederick, uh, Ferdinand Lang. So we know that Scott Lang and Kang are connected through the Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania. So <laughs> that's interesting stuff. Also, the sign, let me bring it up again, has the Victor's astounding Marvels in what film is coming out here in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, the Marvels. So interesting uh, synergy there. But what do you think overall? story-wise and acting-wise here from these opening scenes. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I do like about the show is is the way it is able to effectively bounce around in time. Like, the moment that we see Ravona come out that time door, it's like, oh, right, she just, she just left the TVA. This is what she's getting to now. Yeah. And you hear from Miss Minutes, like, this, this is he who remains contingency plan. Like if things were to go sideways, this is what we are supposed to do. Right. And but you also know you we find out later in the episode how Miss Minutes is an AI. She does have her own opinions and thoughts on things. Like, was it? Are we sure about that? Because Miss Minutes, despite everything that she can do, she can't physically really touch stuff. Yeah. She can't grab a TVA book. She needs Ravona to do it. Yeah. So if Miss Minutes' ultimate plan is to have this romance. Um, you know, she would need Ravona to 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 assist her at the beginning uh, before, you know, before he who remains could could build her a body, essentially. Right. Um, so I thought that was really, really enjoyable. I also thought it was funny how uh, Ravona is kind of like, hey, you know, you probably don't want to be seen. And her her solution to that is to turn into a black and white, yeah, black and white. <laughs> with, the, you know, the big bloop, bloop eyes. I was like, oh, that's. Great plan. <laughs> she 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 is just an AI, folks. <laughs> she she's just programming. Um, you know, I, it was interesting them going back to 1868 because ultimately, other than the Easter egg, the semi Easter egg that Vogel pointed out, which I didn't yeah. didn't really uh, catch on to at the beginning. I'm like, why are we seeing this? Is it to see the 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 uh, 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 the passage of time between what happens in those 25 years, because ultimately they come around a corner. Nothing's here. 1871 is the fire. All right, let's go to the next hit. Yeah. And then you see them walk out into that great shot of, you know, the enormous Ferris wheel. Uh, yeah. I thought this whole section was really, really great. Um, when they get to, I mean, the Cracker Jack, you know, you know, freshly made Cracker Jacks, um, the back and forth that they have, it's just a lot of fun. And again, Mobius, wanting to actually see fair yeah. i thought was really uh i i thought that was really really sweet and he's just like well you know we we had to go to the cracker jack that's a highly trafficked area we got to do this we got to do that but you can tell mobius is having a really good time at this fair uh, another fun thing about the norse sequence is 
in the cut and paste section, cut and paste film that was Multiverse of Madness, Daniel Craig was going to be Balder the Brave oh, in yeah. the Illuminati section. Oh. So knowing that that was that was potentially going to happen, but yeah. COVID kind of railroaded that. I was like, oh, that's really really funny. That like I, I'm curious, you know, what which kind of came first, the right. the excising of that idea or or uh, uh, Loki and being like, you know what, we we didn't get to use him there. Let's use him here, albeit in a wooden statue form. Um, the I do agree with Vogel on the. There, there's two different ways to have done this. I think having that uh, uh, tag at the end of Quantum Mania, where it is set up so ominously yeah. of Victor Timely, and and again that fear on Loki's face. I'm kind of like, ah, I wish you, I wish we wouldn't, I wish we hadn't have seen that. Yeah. Um, since we did see it, I wish, and, and I do think while overall I, I enjoyed a lot of the direction, I do think there were a couple of missed opportunities um, because I think they could have gone even a little more ridiculous with what Victor Timely was doing mm. and more of a take from Moby as being like, this is the guy, like, this is the guy that we're, that we're scared of like come on that that doesn't make any sense um because that ominous nature that we saw in quantum mania that is immediately taken away because he is doing this you know late late 19th century over the top uh fair performance that does not really inspire a lot of fear um i loved the them trying to get the the uh, uh the the bidding the bidding yeah. back and forth and how the main robber baron is just like no 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 no, no. i don't want to buy it I, I want to be your partner. And we find out right then, even Victor Timely, before all of his kangness, yeah. um, he doesn't want a partner. He's like, nah, I don't want, like, I, I, partners is not something I want to do. I love the bidding and how uh, Jonathan Majors slyly slips that one guy, the, the first bidder, like, you know, a uh, yeah, $100 bill, $50 bill, whatever it was. Um, and this is where we stop, right? Is they're leaving, or yeah, oh, they're no, leaving. no, no? Yes. Well, the the evaporating of the tall guy, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, Abraham which Lincoln. was <laughs> empty promises. Yeah, uh, which a, a Broham Lincoln, um, <laughs> which I <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> um, which I thought that moment was great. I was like, how is he going to deal with this? And the fact that he just disappears him, I I, I thought was was awesome um yeah. so yeah this is now they're yeah they've not run into ravona yet not yet not yet no. okay copy uh yeah I, I really enjoyed the opening scenes as well i, I had a lot of fun them establishing the idea of 1868 1893 and the connections here the chicago fire it's something i've known since i was a kid so getting that reference is also a fun historical thing for sure but yeah i mean the production design is what you need to talk about here it's incredible how much they brought this to life and you really felt it and believed it and you know stuff like the early uh grandma's chinese that was incredible the way they did that and made it <laughs> feel funny and then the cracker jack moment all of that work just to establish the chemistry and here's the difference between what ahsoka did and what loki does in this episode when you see sabine and ezra just you know chilling out uh, riding with the no tea or whatever there's no sense of danger there's nobody going like hey time we gotta get you know nothing here loki is clearly like we got to get to this. We got to get together. And you've got Mobius going, you don't understand how I work. I'm cerebral. I take my time slow, whatever. And so you've got the, at least someone is making it clear that there is a time constraint on this situation. We got to get to somewhere. So you got to have that element. It doesn't mean you have to follow it. You just got to have that element there to make it a little more realistic. And I like that. Enjoy the ball. To the river. That was funny stuff as well. 
For those of you eagle eye people, Natalie Holt is the woman playing in the middle of all those people. She's the uh, composer of the score of the music here, and they're playing a version of Loki's theme, the green theme, in slow down. So that was a nice little Easter egg as well when you got in there. But Ravona and Miss Minutes working together, very interesting. Uh, how is that going to play itself out? We see how that dynamic changes throughout the episode. But initially, Ravona is very much in Miss Minutes' debt so, to a degree, and we're going to see how that dynamic changes as we go along. But let's take a quick break, and we'll jump into the second section here right after this. Hello, Geek Buddies fans. Before we jump into today's episode, let's give a warm thank you to our sponsor, Marquee TV. Their support is why we're able to bring this podcast to you. Marquee TV isn't just any streaming service. They're your gateway to an incredible world of arts and culture. That's right, Johnny. I've explored Marquee TV, and I've been amazed by their vast library of performances, exclusive interviews, and behind-the-scenes content. It is a treasure trove for any arts and culture lover. Right now, I'm in the middle of watching the Royal Shakespeare Company's production of the Tempest, and I've also got my eye on that Shakespeare masterclass taught by Dame Judi Dench. Yeah, Shannon, and speaking of the RSC, I watched Christopher Eccleston's performance of Macbeth last night, and I'm going to jump into Kit Harington's performance of Henry V from the Donmar Warehouse. Imagine having the world's most breathtaking ballets, dramatic theater productions, and magical operas at your fingertip. That's the experience Marquee TV offers, making the arts accessible wherever you are. And we've got a special treat for our listeners. Marquee TV offers three months of access for just 99 cents that's right three months for only 99 cents with the code buddies b-u-d-d-i-e-s simply visit marquee.tv and use the promo code buddies to dive into the world of arts like never before bring the arts home with marquee tv get three months for just 99 cents visit marquee.tv to start your journey into the world of arts now use code buddies explore the extensive library of performances on marquee tv today and keep up with the latest in art streaming by following at marquee tv on social media Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. I like it. All right, they come upon a sign uh, for Victor Timely. Oh, see, no, sorry, that's a weird saw that. Renslayer runs after Timely into the streets as Loki and Mobius also come up. And for some reason, there is no surprise, look, <laughs> or reaction at all from Renslayer that they are there. I do not understand that. Anyway, Timely is also confronted by some mayor here with one of his bullshit inventions, which was an early version, I think, of the chair pants we see in jury duty. And we figure out that he is a con man. Uh, then the robber baron comes out, and then a chase ensues. Uh, we go into and out of a carriage there. B-15 then uh, chimes into Mobius. 
and warns her that she's getting a big reading and that it's real close to where they are. And then, bang, Sylvie shows up to confront Timely there. Loki stops her from killing a Kang variant yet again. Mobius and Renslayer talk about the TVA on the outside and the loom. She refuses to help. She reveals that Renslayer set him on a path to the TVA and that Loki is waltzing him back. Oh, sorry, Sylvie reveals that Renslayer set uh, uh, Victor Timely on a path to the TVA and that Loki is waltzing Timely, uh, a Kang variant, back in there. Um, They both end up Lokiing each other and Timely is shot out of that carriage. Renslayer unleashes Miss Minutes on them as Renslayer gets Timely out of there. Renslayer and Timely head to his place and have some flirty interactions over his inventions, which makes Miss Minutes get a little bit jealous. Victor wants to know what's going on, and Renslayer essentially explains the TVA and variants and he who remains in all of that. And then Miss Minutes asserts her status with him and tries to get ahead of Renslayer for her his affections by saying, did you like what it did? It was really cool. And if you notice... The animation turns into a dress when she's trying to get like a little attention and then back to the normal clock when uh, it's over. That's the ghost. The ghost. What do you mean? It's not a dress. That's the ghost. It's not a dress. It's the ghost. She turned into a giant ghost when she uh, scared everyone away. So when she said, do you like what I did? She turns Mm. back into the ghost. Yeah, looks like a dress to me. All right, Loki Mobius and the Robert Baron. <laughs> I get it. it. Does look like a ghost in like Pac-Man. I get it. Yeah, Loki Mobius and the Robber Baron find them, uh, and they take off. And Mobius zaps the Robber Baron people, and they run off. So I'm gonna stop there. A small section there in the middle. Shannon, a lot of action, a lot of stuff going on here in this one, going in and out of certain places of the World's Fair as they're being chased. But also, we're getting more information with Miss Minutes and Renslayer and Victor Timely getting caught up with what is going on with all this. What do you think of these scenes here? And then Sylvie, of course, showing up to essentially try to spoil the party. I mean, the big kind of black eye on this section is the complete lack of reaction <laughs> from Ravona. Yeah. And that is that is a directorial mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a director who needs to remind the, the, the actor, like, hey, this is, remember what has happened? You have to react to this. Like, there has yeah. to be a thing here. Um, because yeah, like it almost led me to believe like maybe something hit the cutting room floor where she saw them in, yeah. in the in the exhibition hall because the again just the utter lack of reaction it was just so uh, so jarring. Um, love finding out that Victor Timely is a con man. Uh, I mean yeah. the the whole idea that these pants these uh, uh, extendo pants <laughs> were going to make the short mayor taller and you see and I thought comedically this was really funny. John the mayor like well mayor no I I don't you look taller than me. Like as he starts to kind of kneel down a little bit, I was like, wow, that is really, really funny. Um, the, I also love that we saw Abraham Lincoln inside the cage. I was like that, that was fun. That was fun. Um, the, the Ferris wheel sequence where Sylvie shows up, I, it, it, I think I just wanted a little bit more, like you are getting shades of the season one finale. Yeah. Like yeah. it, it is, it is that being overall, it's, it's that being played all over again. Um, but I just, I feel like I just wanted a little more something like maybe more dynamic camera work. I wanted something a little more out of that section. Um, you know, Victor timely getting blown out of the, out of the carriage Ravona takes him and they go back to this, to this lab. Um, all super cool. And you see the, the, uh, the refrigerator chair. So you see like his stuff, he he is, is he a con man? Is he a huckster? Yes. But his stuff does also work. Um, like he he had, well, some of it. Yeah. I don't think the pants work. 
<laughs> no. Maybe that guy just didn't give enough time. <laughs> <laughs> those are prototypes. Those are prototypes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can see like his brain, his brain is 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 past the technology of the day. Mm-hmm. So him getting this this TVA guidebook, seeing that like, oh, these are the things that would be possible if I could do this, if if I could do that. Um, I thought that was really, really fun. And you hear the, you know, the the pounding on the door. And even though, like, I guess Victor Timely in the comics is from Wisconsin, um, like, that's where he keeps his lab. I thought the, you know, better taxes, I thought that was a really fun outline. Uh, and the moment where the robber barons come up on Loki and Mobius again, great comedic setup, but I yeah. think visually we wanted something something a little more dynamic because the whole thing where you know we see the explosion happen off screen and the robber barons run off saying he's all yours i was like that's a really on paper that's really really funny i don't think it was executed to its sort of you know maximum comic effect um it wasn't until they were on the boat that i that i started to get the idea like oh miss minutes has a thing for for victor time for for he who remains so watching as he who or as a timely and ravona are kind of forming this bond you see them touch hands like the whole time i was trying to watch especially in the second viewing i was trying to watch the animation on miss minute so like let's see what she actually does here and the moment that we see her go down in that lifeboat hold on we haven't gotten that oh we haven't gotten there sorry sorry no worries no worries (laughs) Um, yeah, you can see her in the background when they taught when Ravona is like doing her thing. She just gets a little like sad face on her face. So it's interesting. But Michael, your thoughts on this middle section here with the robber barons, uh, Sylvie coming in and uh, everything that happens at the World's Fair? Yeah, I mean, I do agree with Shannon that like the one the one thing the, the one thing in this episode that I would say is I, I liked where we picked up with Ravona at the beginning. I like yeah. where we end with Ravona a lot. And in the middle part, the two things that kind of in this section that made me kind of go, all right, was one, yeah, the complete lack of reaction when yeah. Mobius and Loki show up. Is it a directorial mistake? Maybe. Um, but also a lot of times, and Shannon pointed this out too as a potential, like there was potentially stuff that got cut. Mm. Uh, there was maybe some scene at the beginning and then they like had to cut for time and whatever. So it was less of a directorial mistake and it was more like, fuck, well, this is okay. Well, this is always going to bug me every time I watch this thing that I directed for the rest of my life. Regardless, it doesn't fully make sense. Um, and it's kind of annoying. And then the other part of it is, and this was just an, it was just kind of confusing is that Loki and Mobius's goal is we need to get Victor timely to the TVA so we can fix the loom. Right. And then Ravona's goal seems to be we need to get Victor Timely to the TVA to fix the loom. But when they're like, we should work together, she's like, fuck you guys. <laughs> like, well, even if you are the one who wants to be in control, like the and like Victor Timely in the scene in the when they're back at his place kind of brings it up and says, Well, you you said the same thing he said, so why didn't you guys well you can't trust Loki? And I'm like, Yeah, okay, I guess. But it was a little bit Ravona's motivations and everything in here and the why does she not want to like it was all a little bit muddy, not horrible, but just like a little bit okay, whatever. Um, I also agree with Shannon that I do feel like you had this giant Ferris wheel sequence and it was cool, but when you have a bunch of, when you have them in one carton of a Ferris wheel and you have the other robber barons and the other one and you have all this stuff going on, like it did feel like there was the potential for more to happen visually. Um, so on Victor timely, I, I, and I was talking about this earlier with John before we started recording, but, um, 
we've all been under this. I mean, a lot of us have been under the assumption in the way that we've talked about Kang and what we've been seeing is that he who remains is one ver one variant of Kang. And then we get to quantum mania and that Kang is a different variant of Kang. And then there's this Victor timely and he's the beginning. And even in this episode, he's saying he's a variant. Ravona says at the end, like I was hired by he who remains, not his variant. Like there's a lot of discussion about this. I'm starting to think that Victor timely actually ultimately is he who remains and potentially yeah. also the Kang that we see in quantum mania. Hmm. Um, and, and the con man thing to me is a big tip off. The second that we learn that he's a con man and he's a trickster and he's a big liar. And when we get to the TVA in season one of Loki, it was built by a guy who built a bunch of robots and said, hey, yeah, go listen to those guys, which is ultimately a giant con. Yeah. Um, that was like, that's interesting. And even little things like when uh, when Loki and Sylvie are fighting over him in the carton and, and Loki kind of pushes him to the side and like he's, you know, holding him up with telekinesis, which is really similar to what Kang in Quantumania does with Scott Lang and everybody else. Like mm. there was just little things that I was like, huh, this is interesting. And I, I just I think it's going to be really interesting to see where this Victor Timely story goes and how ultimately all of the Kang story rolls out yeah. uh, through phase six of the MCU. Uh, you know, Sylvie showing up was great. I really did love seeing just the uh, the shades of the season one confrontation between Sylvie and Loki. And, you know, here we are again, and it's the yeah. exact same argument um, with Loki saying, look, we need we need this guy. He's a, we need him to save the TVA and Sylvie being like, let you guys are being duped like this is not it like he we need to get rid of this guy completely. I thought Sylvie was wrong at the end of season one of Loki, mm. and now I kind of think she might have been. She might be right all along. I think that, I uh, I think that Kang, the He Who Remains, ultimately ensures that he's always going to be Kang no matter what by sending Miss Minutes and Ravona back. I think that is just yeah. the loop that always keeps on. Like, if if they had never given that kid that guidebook, would there ever have been a Kang at all? Yeah. Like, would we ever have to deal with this? So I kind of think it's it's an interesting sort of loop that gets built. And then back at Kang's place with Ravona and Miss Minutes, I saw right away that Miss Minutes was jealous. Like, the mm -hmm. second that Ravona's like, oh, no, it's, yeah, nice to meet you, uh, you know, whatever. Like, Miss Minutes was giving her the stink eye yeah. from second one. Um, and then Miss Minutes did say something interesting, you know, when, when Victor Timely says to her that she's singular when she talks about how she's an AI and she's this, and he's like, you're singular. And she says to him, she goes, you, you will be, or you are too, or you ultimately will be, which kind of leads me to believe that he ends up being like, mm. you are singular. Now there's going to be all of these variants of you, but ultimately you're going to be singular at the end. So there was a lot of things that made me go, Oh, I think this is the guy. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Ouroboros wrote the book, which we found out, I think last episode, Ouroboros implies a snake eating its own tail or a circle or a loop, as you said. So it only makes sense that it, that this guy, Victor Timely, becomes the Kang that we see or the he who remains that we see at the end of season one of Loki and, uh, and uh, Kang being a variant of that. So I would not be surprised to see that uh, overall as well. So, yeah, it's very, very possible. All right, let's take a quick break. and We'll jump into the last section of the show here right after this. Do, 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 do. I can't do a harpsichord <laughs> noise yeah. with my mouth. 
not this early in the morning. Maybe Otherwise, later, later. I would have tried it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's get into the, the section that Shannon was talking about. Timely and Renslayer get on a ship. Timely explains his designs to Renslayer and how he got the book as a child. And Miss Minutes jealously shoots down Renslayer when she tries to take uh, credit for getting the book to him by going... Doing that little reaction, which I thought was great. Uh, he talks about his uh, throat put multiplier that could help with the loom and that he knew his ideas could work, but they needed the tech to do it. That's a little James Cameron shout out, maybe. Uh, he gives Renslayer a paper rose, and we see them beginning to maybe fall in love. Miss Minutes is not happy, which you can see in the background, but smiles when Renslayer says the word partnership, something Shannon referenced earlier and takes his hand away. We cut to Renslayer waking up as she's dispatched on a boat by Victor and Miss Minutes. And Miss Minutes said, she, you heard her, Victor. She said the word partnership. We know we can't do that. Uh, she rows a wave there. Victor ends up back at his place with Miss Minutes. Miss Minutes says they should lay low. She pitches herself as this great person who's helped him for eons, talks about their past, how she evolved from just an AI playing chess with him, and then leads all the way up to where she says, but you never gave me what I really wanted. Or, or, you know, for all your technology and your knowledge, you never gave me a real body. I could be your real girl. Uh, and uh, it, just as they, just as that's starting to come out, it's like super creepy. Victor turns on his stuff and uh, Miss Minutes is screaming at him to stop. And then she gets sucked back into the container there. Runslayer shows up from the shadows. So maybe just waiting for her time to come out of the dark with a pruning weapon. And then Loki and Mobius show up and Renslayer holds them off talking about order and chaos. And just when it looks like Renslayer has the upper hand and might be pruning everybody in the room, Sylvie shows up and blasts them all. She comes upon Timely. He pleads for his life by saying he is not who he, he who remains. He has his own thoughts. He has his own heart. He can make his own choices. Uh, Sylvie doesn't kill him. Uh, and they walk and she lets them walk through the time door back to the TVA. She tells Loki not to make her regret this and to leave Renslayer to her. Then Sylvie breaks Renslayer down, kicks her to the castle at the end of time. And he who remains as lifeless zombie body laying there on the throne. Uh, Renslayer pulls out Miss Minutes and they discuss what happened. And she says she has a secret about Renslayer, but it's going to make her real angry. So, Michael, your thoughts here as we get to the end of this uh, episode these scenes here yeah i mean well and i think knowing what i know from the comics yeah. uh ravona renslayer is like kang's true love yeah. and like they always miss each other throughout time and so hearing the recording of kang of, of of one of the kangs if it's not this kang in ravona in the premiere and seeing this moment like we know that victor time or that kang ultimately yeah. does truly love ravona renslayer and i think right. they'll probably keep that consistent so even though this dude is a con man and a liar i think his attraction to ravona is genuine and clear right um and that he really does like her but like shannon said or like and you pointed out the second ravona says partnership he's like f yeah. that noise yeah. and that is another thing like I don't know that that is a trait that every Kang shares. I mean, mm -hmm. we know that there is a council of Kangs, so we know that there's at least some Kangs that figure out how to get along, even if it's tenuous. Right. Um, but the one that really is definitely anti-partnership might be the one that ends up at the end by himself. So <laughs> that was another indicator yeah. that I was like, okay, interesting. And yeah, Miss Minutes just really, these two, like, again, I think it's an interesting dynamic. You've got Ravona Renslayer, who, ultimately we know from the comics is a love of kang's yeah. who is like i am pissed at you specifically 
Victor Timely. And then the Miss Minutes, who really does love him and want to have a body and be with him. Like, these two, I think, you know, Miss Minutes is a new factor that doesn't exist in the comics. But I think mm. this Ravona-Miss Minutes relationship that is building uh, is going to be a really, really fun one. Like, I think they created yeah. a really, really cool dynamic with this. That even within this episode, going from them working together at the beginning to this scene on the boat to them actually kind of forced to work together at the end when they're both trapped at the end of time. Like it's just, it's exactly what you guys were saying earlier. And John, what you were saying about the difference between Loki and Ahsoka, Mm. like whether it's something small, like Mobius and Loki being at the world's fair and Mobius wanting to enjoy it. And Loki being like, we've got a job to do or miss minutes and Ravona being trapped at the end of time and being like, well, we've got to work together, but I kind of hate you, bitch. Like those kind of (laughs) conflicts between characters, that's what makes a scene really fun and interesting, um, which was, to your point, something that was sometimes missing with Ahsoka. Yeah. So I thought that was all really, really neat. And then, yeah, when we get to Victor Timely's lab, that Miss Minutes scene, I think, is the scene, like as I was scrolling through Twitter last night, or X last night, um, that was what most people were talking about. Like Miss Minutes kind of putting the, hey, babe, I'll be your pocket watch. Like that was, that was really the, uh, that was, that was really the thing that most people were really hit by. And again, I think we said this last week a little bit too, but way to go Tara strong. Oh yeah. Having, for getting a role in a Marvel show that you thought was just a, all right, well, here's a little funny little gag that is turning into a completely bizarre out there character that I think everyone genuinely is really intrigued by and interested in. So Miss Minutes, I'm here for it. Give me more Miss Minutes, all about it. Um, and yeah, then Rensselaer showing up. This this is where we got past sort of the weird middle Rensselaer bits. And I was like, all right, this I like. Yeah. Her showing up with a pruning device that Victor Timely clearly built based on early, like the TVA uh, models and him kind of putting together a janky old school steampunk version of it yeah. and wielding that thing and being like, look, I don't give a shit about you. I was hired by he who remains and he says you're important. So I'm going to do this, but this isn't a partnership. I'm going to tell you what the fuck to do. You got to listen to me. And that was a really great. Okay. I, I get this. I like this. And then having Loki and Mobius show up the whole thing about order and chaos. I really loved how uh, Rensselaer was like, I am order. <laughs> and the second she said that Sylvie just like blasts in there as full chaos, yeah. uh, which I thought was really nice. And then again, this whole scene with Sylvie and Victor Timely, I thought was great because A, Sylvie, who is dead set on, this is the guy that takes away free will. This is the guy that I right. have to kill. Yeah. Straight up says to her, I can make my own choices. I'm not who you think I am. Like the I, I can make my own choices, I think is key for a character like Sylvie who loves free will. And also... Yeah. Sylvie's a variant who was uh, taken away from the world that she knew because she was a variant. Yeah. And so her about to kill another, like, is Sylvie going to go through and start pruning variants of Kang? Because then she kind of has become what she hates. And I think in that moment she realizes that and that she can't go down this road. So I thought that was all a really great dynamic. And Sylvie ultimately choosing not to kill him, I thought really made sense. Like, I thought that was a really, really cool choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, like them, Again, as he as they marched Victor Timely into that door to go straight to the TVA, I'm like, this fucking con man has duped out. Like, I think that ultimately we are going to watch this dorky Victor Timely 
Dupe Sylvie, Dilp, uh, uh, Dupe Ravona, yeah. Dupe Loki, Dupe everybody. Like he's he's marching right into the place that he needs to be in to do everything he needs to do to become Kang, which I thought was yeah. great. And then, yeah, Sylvie booting Ravona off to uh, to the castle at the end of time and her and Miss Minutes standing there and Miss Minutes being like, I know all the secrets, but you're not going to like it. It's going to make you mad. Great teaser. Do I know what the secret is? No fucking clue. Am I excited to find out? Yes. Yes, yeah. I am. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, Tara Strong, shout out to her. I mean, you're right, Mike, to highlight. We should have been highlighting her throughout the whole episode. She is so good with this character. And it says something about her to stand out in a in a show full of phenomenal actors uh like uh like tom hiddleston owen wilson gugu mbatha raw uh wumi musaka and others i mean it's just incredible the way she stands out yeah Kwan, whatever like she's made it work and it's incredible so once again another shot at people who claim that voiceover acting is not real acting she has brought that character to such potent life because of the acting she's doing on the mic uh, uh, Shannon, your thoughts uh, overall on these final scenes here for this episode and what we're leading to and what's being hinted at here at the end and Sylvie's decision to let him go instead of killing him. I mean, Vogel pretty much hit everything, but just like, again, to the, it, Tara- <laughs> 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 to the, to the, to the Tara strong point. Yeah. Like I, I do wonder when they were coming up with Loki season one, did they know what Miss Minutes was going to Good become question. this season? Was right. was she always just meant to be this sort of, you know, uh, cute Southern uh, AI clock that's an assistant, and yeah. suddenly you give her this agency? Um, like it's it's really the, the scene where she's saying where she goes from the black and white, it looks like she's blushing into her full kind of regular orange color. Yeah, yeah. Watching her kind of superimpose herself onto that mannequin. That was one of the most eerie things. And to see Jonathan Majors grab that controller, whatever she kind of comes out of. Um, and, and again, we talked about how he has he has the brain. The technology's just never matched. Right. He, he knew what to do. <laughs> yeah. he, he grabbed it, was able to get her back in. Right. Um, did love the Ravona entrance with the with the, you know, first gen pruner. Um, that's way scarier. Um, yeah, the, everything was great, but I mean, I do think in between there was an opportunity to have a Loki Moby scene that maybe they did have and just oh, hit yeah, the cutting maybe. room floor. I mean, okay. I, and this this was one of one of its longer episodes, but I think there would have been the whole idea with he who remains saying or uh, with Victor Timely saying, you know, I wasn't that guy. I can make yeah. my own choices. The whole idea of you know predestination versus choice. Um, I think that still applies to Loki. I mean, and I think that's something that would have been not that would have been nice for them to touch on. And it's something that he could have said then to Sylvie. Right. I mean, as an audience, we were sort of extrapolating it, but but Loki is the one who could kind of say, You're you you're going to become the thing you hate. Yeah. Um the moment where you know she does let them go as he Victor Timely kind of, you know, stammering and stumbling into the time door. I'm like, that's the wolf in the hen house right there. Um, But then as she kicks Ravona back to the end of time and we see how much how much time has actually passed because you see the decaying body of he who remains. You see how the the Citadel is uh, starting to come apart. Um, I'm guessing that. Miss Minutes is going to basically say like, hey, you know, your memory has been wiped mm-hmm. a bunch of times. Um, or is there some other secret? Like, I really hope 
I really hope there's some other secret. And again, the, to end on Tara Strong's line, that perfectly delivered line of, I know one about you, but it's going to make you real angry like to go into the uh closing credits it was just a really satisfying end yeah. to uh ultimately a very very good episode even though i only gave it a 7.5 <laughs> yeah i like the moving around of statuses to me it's really important when you're looking at a show with these incredible actors and these incredible characters they have so many different um impulses and instincts and desires and goals that they're trying to achieve and the way this la this last episode, or the last section of the episode ended, I thought was great. From a Slayer falling into that uh, boat or being thrown into that boat, and Miss Minutes thinking she has the upper hand, to then that switching completely when we get into that uh, room there where she comes out with, as, as Shannon said, with that early edition steampunk uh, th uh, uh, pruner there, I thought was great. And Miss Minutes now, when she pops back out, she finishes with "Love You." And then darn, you know, that kind of thing. So <laughs> she's had her share of disappointments as well as an AI. And she figures it out as she goes along. So how is she going to help Ravona? And is the secret that she's telling Ravona uh, being used in order to use Ravona yet again and make her indebted to her? Is she going to manipulate Ravona? These are questions as you look at all of this that I have, uh, I have concerns about. And what's going to happen, as you guys have said, once Timely is back in there, I mean, Ouroboros seems like a really trusting guy, a nerdy guy. I mean, even that moment earlier in the episode when they have a miscommunication about Owen Wilson being able to hack into the system and override the system. He's like, oh, you can do that? He's like, no, no, I'm asking if you can do that. He's a very surface guy. So like uh, like Dax, like nothing goes over his head. But like this, this is what you're seeing here. And I wonder if Timely is going to use that and trick Ouroboros in some way. So that's my concern as we go into that. So there's a lot of moving pieces in all of this that's going to be fun to explore once they get to the TVA. And what's Sylvie going to do now that she's kicked out Ravona and let them go to the TVA? What's her next move? So I have questions here as we move on to the next episode of the series. Um, all right. Anything, any final words, gentlemen? Anything else we missed or did you want to make sure we highlight or point out anything? Uh, just I'm really, you know, I, I think that he who remains at the end of season one of Loki's his version of the story where there was all of these different variants of me. They all discovered yeah. the multiverse. They all started fighting. And then I'm the one that cleared it all up at the end of the, like I'm the one that, that survived. And then I created the TVA to protect us all. And I'm the, I'm the mm. devil that you live with to get rid of the devils that you don't. I, I now think that's not quite accurate. <laughs> I kind of think there would have never been a Kang at all. Yeah. But then this, this, the sports almanac, the guidebook gets delivered yeah. to this Kang. Victor Timely becomes Kang. And he can, and, and by the definition of him coming, it, it creates all these other variants. So then you get all the different versions of Kangs and all the mess. But that because he's the ultimate con man who's lying to everybody, he navigates all of this, ends up at the end as he who must as he who remains, yeah. builds the TVA to keep himself safe, meets Loki and Sylvie knows that Sylvie's going to kill him, puts everything into play so that Ravona gives him the book and the whole thing starts again. But I think everything begins and ends with Victor Timely. Yeah, yeah. Shannon, any final words? Um, I, I think in the past, you know, typically when we get to about episode three of, of the mm. Marvel Disney Plus shows, like, all right, we're running out of time. Yeah. Um, that is not the yeah. <laughs> that is not the case with this. I mean, I feel like the majority of the marketing we've already seen in the first three episodes. Yeah, and I don't know where it's going to go. And I think that is the most 
fun place to be as an audience member um, because you don't know what's going to happen. We know that they are they are uh, uh, willingly inviting a Kang variant into the TVA. So it seems like things are are going to get worse before they get better. Um, but yeah, so I think that's that's kind of the main thing is like I'm I'm really excited to see where we go because is, I don't know where we're gonna go. You are right. It's a really good point. I mean, like three episodes in, you just put Kang in the TVA and you're like, well, that seems like a horrible idea. And we have three episodes left to see how horrible it is. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Uh, all right, well, there you go. That's our spoiler review for episode three of uh of uh, Loki season two here, 1893. Hope you all enjoyed. Our points of views, our analysis. We appreciate you all watching or listening to us. You can always listen to us on the podcast feed. All right, Shannon, what do we have to tell? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies on Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. Hey, did you think Miss Menace was dressed up like a ghost? Then follow Mike Vogel <laughs> at MK Tune. Do you think Miss Menace was dressed up in a dress? Follow John Roca at The Roca Says. I mean... um well i got nothing that can top that so if you would like to have us keep doing what we're doing smash that like button below subscribe to johnny's outlaw nation page leave your comments below what do you think is going on how is loki season two stacking up to loki season one what do you think of all the timey-wimey nonsense branch Mm. timelines sacred timelines let us know your thoughts below uh if you're listening to us on a podcast leave us some stars and some comments so we go up in the rankings and more people can find us and as always the best thing that you can do is retweet this video post it on your socials send it to your friends and tell them to hang out with your buddies the geek buddies there you go all right thank you all so much for watching this again and of course our main open a main episode is up now for you all to watch as well from this week talked a lot about a lot of stuff going on in the world geekdom so check that out as well and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new spoiler review for loki season two here from the geek buddies <gasps> hey! Hey! Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.